0: Welcome to the Minovate Gang Podcast, Episode 400. Dun, 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 dun. I am Steve Borsch, and I'm on with Tim Elliott. And we're back. And Phil Wilson. Hello. How you guys doing? Great. Great. Episode 400.
1: We have spring broke. We have spring, <laughs> right. spring We broke. have broke the spring.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, last week we were I was in uh, I was in the southeast I went down to uh, South Carolina for a wedding. And then we went to uh, uh, Savannah, Georgia, to meet relatives and Orlando to hang with relatives. And on the way back from uh, Orlando to uh, Charleston, uh, we stopped in Daytona Beach, man. Really nice. To reach I, was up, I
1: was up north.
2: Yeah. Stopped at Daytona Beach just long enough for a couple of beer bongs and a wet t-shirt contest that we were out of there.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, here's Lori. Here's Lori. No, Phil, let's not do that. Party!
2: Oh, so, <laughs> and it was actually very quiet on daytona beach so, really really uh, I, don't know. I don't know why that is but you know, it could be just the time of year i don't know but let's talk technology ooh, 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 wait, wait, before that uh, yep exactly before yeah, we, that we have a very special announcement uh near the end of the show uh, about minivate so stick around for that please so, Ooh, yeah
0: ooh, it's very special yep
2: <laughs> anyway so let's talk uh,
0: tech minnesota tech yeah. Well, I, I, I let, let me just kick this off because I, I kind of stumbled across this article that uh, Minnesota is ranked 17th in the nation and proudly for te- for the our technology industry. <laughs> what does that mean? Well, it means the number of jobs, basically. Okay. And so there's a group called CompTIA TIA, that you know it's an industry trade group for technology, yeah. and um, they looked at occupations across all industries in Minnesota. And um, so we've got a very robust tech sector. And, you know, I, when I was talking to Paul Bettings, Minnesota headhunter, at uh, Minibar, that's one of the things he was talking about is how many unfilled jobs there are. And, of course, he's busier than a one-armed wallpaper hanger. Really? Because of... I'll have
1: to talk to him, although yeah. he doesn't return my phone call. So yeah. I'm, he's I'll left have to I'll beam into his brain somehow. Somehow.
0: So. Yeah. Maybe. Paul? Answer your emails. There you go. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but but I was I was also impressed that the annual average aver, annualized average wage for somebody in the, in the Minnesota tech industry was an estimated ninety five thousand nine hundred in twenty sixteen, which was seventy nine percent higher than the average state wage of fifty three thousand six hundred. I, I think it's a time for a little conversation with my boss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go yeah just show them just show them the article yeah right hey what's up
2: with this yeah 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 <laughs> but it's well the fact is that we're tech our tech sector sector is is healthy and robust and i am pretty excited about it so i think yeah. it, i think it will continue to grow i don't care if it's ranked 17th so it's all good yeah, it's all good yeah. in my book yeah well, right uh, um and let's see what else we have uh, was well, uh this was a this was one of those stories I think that was, we weren't able to cover last week, but uh, because we were on a break, but uh, the twin cities tech executives form uh, a new company and buy the Cypress chip plant. this is one of the executives from uh logic PD uh, has uh, put together. A I detail. didn't know that right. there was so
1: much uh, fat. There's so many fabs in town, but there are like three or four. Of There's them. three because yeah. of the
0: old yeah. uh, control data. Yeah. They, yeah. they spun huh. off from that and that that's Cypress spun off from that. But, I just remember driving by that plant on old Shakopee once by the mall of America. And yeah. um, um, when they had first put the sign out, this is many years ago now chip plant for sale, but no, 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 no. no. They put us put the sign out that said Cypress semiconductor. Oh, okay. and I remember driving by and saying, wow, they've really gone to town there. But, um, but the yeah, Scott Nelson, who by the way, was at IOT fuse. Um, yes. The, each year he's been there, but it, the first year he spoke, um uh, worked with bankers and, and Cypress reps to for more than a year to put together a deal, and he's going to be CTO. at at Skywater, which is the um, the parent, the parent company, Skywater Technology Foundry, right Is going to be mm-hmm. the name of the company yes. so yeah they'll be they'll I guess the, the foundry part
2: is they'll actually start doing work for custom work for people, I guess. So, yeah um, yeah. yeah, not just a, just a stock chip so so that's exciting very much so very exciting sam uh and also we found that uh minnesota is now um uh, rapidly sitting on their butts more than shopping <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah yeah online shopping grew at a faster rate in minnesota last year than in nearby states but but i think it has to do with the fact that you know people are pretty tech savvy here yes and yeah. and um um you know, it it gets cold here, so we don't want to go outside right, go exactly. shopping. Well, yeah,
2: you so. know, I also think that, you know, they also in this article, they also tie online shopping to um, um, more affluent, more urban uh, users uh, yep. online. And I think that 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 reflects a lot of probably the drive of Minnesota and Minneapolis and the Twin Cities uh, more than anything. But um, and and the affluence of the state, the state is economy is in good shape. So I think that that has a lot to do with it as well.
0: Well and I've been um pretty interested in what my daughter is doing for example um and has been doing for a number of years and then discovering that her friends are doing this too which is, is essentially buying consumables Oh, uh, through I thought, I, I thought it was an ecstasy problem. No, yeah, go no. on. <laughs> yeah, right, no, but but but, but buying uh, buying consumables through places like Amazon, right? Where where like they... like groceries or no 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 consumables like you know toilet paper and Kleenex and oh, oh, and, okay. and other sorts of things you know cereal you know things that that are shelf stable, um, and so that they can be delivered and and you know here's what's interesting though I'm I'm curious why. And I'm trying to remember the name of the company that did this, but that had a box that you would put outside your front door. And then uh, somebody could deliver something and put it in there and it would be locked. You were the only one that could get in. Mm-hmm. And they I have those at up. the
1: Mall of America, they're uh, Amazon lockers. Really? Oh, oh really? Oh, so yeah, you, you go- walk into the new entrance. If you walk in the new entrance where the hotel is, um, you'll notice it about halfway down. It's right after the Tom store. Or is it wow. before the Tom's store? It's either before or after really? Tom's, so you can go yeah, in there and pick oh, your stuff up. Yeah, there's a whole bank of them. Yeah, there's. Would that kind of would that kind
2: of piss piss you off if you
1: were a retailer there at the mall? Of I the would Mars? think so. Every time I walk past that, I go, man, I, I, you know, the Apple Store's probably pissed off because instead Could of I, the Apple Store to get your iPad, just buy it on Amazon and have it shipped there.
0: Yeah. Ooh,
1: gosh, that just ooh that would piss me off. Ooh,
0: that would. Well, piss it would, out. but but um, you know, again, it it. You know, because for her now being in Los Angeles, in the Los Angeles area, she's worried that anything delivered is going to get stolen. So she has it delivered to work and the company kind of sort of frowns on too much activity in the mailroom from employees, but she's got to know some of the mailroom guys. (laughs) They're like, yeah, just go, you know, go ahead and have it shipped. We'll, we'll, we'll get it to you. Um, and so if you do it infrequently, it's okay. But, um, I like that idea, Tim. Yeah. About it's good.
1: The, my my son lives in Washington, D.C., and he does uh, most of his shopping on Amazon because it's a problem getting out to, you know, the big stores in Virginia or Maryland or wherever because you don't have a, a target in D.C. Right. And you, you've got little stores. And so it's just easier to have it delivered. And they've got the Amazon. What is it? Uh, the one that's within an hour delivery, uh, whatever they call that. Anyway, the, yeah. You know, so he uses that a lot, this for consumable items and, and groceries.
0: Well, and I've also been interested because we've had three things delivered by Amazon over the course of the last week, week and a half. And in each case, it came from the Shakopee Distribution Center and was delivered by either an Uber or Lyft driver. Huh. And what so, really yeah. Think. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Well, is yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, so.
2: You know, because they, well, again, you know, we talk about the convenience, but again, this is an impact on the economy. So I suppose you have to really, you do have to think about it. And and look, I, I do yeah. my fair share of online shopping, but I really kind of try to spend some time looking into, you know, trying to buy it locally if I can, you know, and right. Uh, uh, because I mean, you, you see this, this rise of online. And I also think this has another thing to do with the rural population versus the urban population is that I think that the, the rural population, the shopping experience is more of a, uh, it's more of a social gathering, more of a, a thing to do. And yeah. I know I'm thinking, I'm thinking the ag and the, the more rural, you know, farming communities. I mean, going to the, going to the store is something you do to, you know, congregate and meet. So, um. I think there's a lot to be said for that.
0: Well, you know, it was interesting though. I remember sitting down with uh, a guy in Northfield, Minnesota, and Northfield still has a very robust uh, business community uh, lining Main Street there, and and it's all local shops. I mean, you can't if Starbucks wants to come in there, they can't come in there. It's because it has to be local businesses. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, there was great concern though for a long period of time when you know the big clothing store. Uh, went out of business because Walmart was pretty close. I think Walmart's in Oatana, or it's somewhere Faribault, maybe. But um, but that concern happened with big box retailers uh, as business went toward them, and now their business is going towards online in a lot of ways. And so, I, I, you know, I guess you know people are going to do what's cheapest and most efficient. Yep. Yep. So. And most convenient. And most, most convenient. convenient. Yeah, yeah. Well, still. So, so, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I was go just going to segue into the into the yeah. uh, the final Minnesota story, which is uh, something so, to be proud of. Well, and everybody everybody right now is is um, concerned about internet privacy because of the FCC's ruling that they're taking away the um, the regulation. That ISPs can go ahead and do whatever they want with uh, the browsing data yep. uh, from from customers, and um, and so there's been this mad scramble for v- virtual private networks for VPNs, which of course is not really doing a whole lot if your VPN provider goes ahead and sells all your browsing history. <laughs> so, <laughs> which is, um, which could be scary. Yeah. Well, and in fact, and and I'll I'll grab this link. But Lifehacker went out um, last week and asked their readers to vote for the most popular VPN. Yes. And uh, the number one was private internet access. Right. Because the uh, PIA does not log anything. So even if, and it's been proven in court now because court, the the FBI asked specifically for some data uh, that tied to a specific subscriber. And they're like, we don't keep logs. And they, they literally couldn't give it to them. And so, um, so that is a good thing, but it was, it was also funny when my daughter who has a, like a 50 megabit per second connection down through time Warner and where she lives in Culver city. And, um, um, she goes, yeah, but dad, you know, the, these VPNs really slow stuff down. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. actually, yes, they do. So that has yeah, been known to happen anyway. That's, that's the, fr- that's well, the well, frustrating thing. thing for me. So, yeah. so the well,
1: one line- thing to remember about the story though is yes. that, that this regulation was not never put in play. It was Correct. supposed to be put in play. Right. So right. this is the way that it's been, right? So your ISP can sell your data um, without your approval if they want. It's in their terms of service. So you have to look at your ISP's terms it's, of
0: service. Uh, we're just going to go there. Right? You're, you're absolutely right.
1: And you there. know who is behind this, who, who, who lobbied for this uh, rule to be put in place? Google. Facebook, Microsoft, all the people that can do do exactly the same thing. So all this is, all this is, is so that they cut the ISPs out of the deal. That's all it is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and anyway, the punchline is, is people got all freaked out because they, most people don't really understand what happens. And
1: it was reported incorrectly too. It's Yeah. It was distorted for political purposes.
0: Right. And hyperbole. Um, and so anyway, the bottom line is, is that on the 30th, the Minnesota legislature pushed back on internet privacy by, Mm -hmm. uh, coming up with a, um, um, a a law that basically says ISPs that do business in Minnesota can't sell your data period. We're good. So,
1: so I'm sure Google and Facebook will be really happy about that. So they will be the only, only game in town. Yeah. I mean, if you want to be consistent about it, the libertarian position is that no one should be able to sell your data without your permission. Right. So, so you should demand that same same rule on Google and Facebook and Microsoft.
2: Yeah. Right. To be right. consistent. Exactly. Well, yeah, and that's and that's tough to do, yeah, because that's that's the whole basis of of Google's uh, industry. Yep. I mean, it's, that's their
1: business model. That's their business model. Yeah, exactly. as is Facebook's. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and the other thing that's been interesting is, um, um, you know, for many, many, many years, people have talked about how the porn industry always pushes the envelope on technology when it's related to, uh, digital delivery. And, um, um, then, uh, Netflix was the first one to no, not net was it Netflix or Hulu. I'm sorry. I can't remember now exactly, but, but no, it was Netflix that, that ended up. Uh, disallowing VPN-based IP addresses from accessing their service because then people yeah. would log into Netflix over in the UK, and there there were movies available there that you couldn't see in the states because they were licensed differently in different yep. markets. And well, so and, they, and, in,
1: and in territories like Australia where it wasn't available, they could uh, you know basically log into a US server and watch it.
0: Right. Right. And so, um, what's been interesting and I'll, I'll find this article and put it in the show notes, but the porn industry has started to allow the VPNs, uh, connections to come in at full speed. And then they slow the speed down over the course of the browsing session. And because there are trackers that track all the activity that's coming from a specific computer and a, and a specific IP address, you know, and there are ways to identify the browser and so forth and kind of computer they're that they're specifically slowing it down so that people will turn the vpn off and i just thought well how long will it take before commercial providers do the same thing not long not long yeah yeah
1: well so the bottom line is that there there ain't no privacy on the internet
0: there, and, and it's an arms race and we're gonna lose because we don't have any we don't have any bazookas right
1: no, and so, then we don't have anyone in Congress. We have few people in Congress that are going to stand up for for the rights of the individual. Yeah. Yep. So good to see that the the Minnesota legislature are moving on this. I love that.
0: Yeah, I love that. It's a yeah, good we're, thing we're so cool. Well, and right. Then, let's
1: get to some good news.
0: Yeah, yeah. So we kind of talked there. There's there's a link in here about the internet privacy law, and there is a um, uh, a link I put in here to. There's a, uh, govtrack.us is doing a, um, uh, surveillance of Congress P with, addresses with yeah. and what they're looking at and, uh, you know, other, uh, other, uh, pages. And, you know, it was, I thought, wow, this is really cool. And then I started looking at the links they're going to, and I thought, wow, it's really boring. It's really boring. It's like, <laughs> so what, you know? I mean it's just it kind of doesn't matter. Now if you could see everything that IP address was looking at that would be more interesting. But that would be interesting. Yeah. I agree. yeah. I but agree. I but I but I put it in here and and um okay so let's let's talk about um Apple and the Mac, you know, it's it's um I've been really frustrated. As I'm sure you guys have that um you, you know the new Mac Pros got really slammed by the tech community, especially developers. Uh-huh. Or are just simply yeah. not happy about these devices, and uh, they're getting more and more closed. But also, the Mac Pro hasn't been updated for what five hundred and forty-seven days or something. Yeah, it's same, over three years. The Mac Mini hasn't been updated, and it's just—it's like the the Mac is the orphan stepsister. Um, but what did Apple do this week, Tim?
1: Well, they announced that they're working on Mac Pro. Yep. Yeah. A new, a new Open Mac Pro. So the the trash cans are going to go away, apparently, and they're going to have a new professional level device. And what's interesting is they they haven't uh, they haven't done this in the past, where they pre announce stuff they're working on for next year, basically.
0: Right, because it won't come out until twenty eighteen.
1: Right. It looks like also as part of the same announcement that the, they are pre announcing new Mac uh, imacs that will be more pro oriented. Yep. So that may be, because you've got one, right? Steve, you, you're, you're oh. on an iMac?
0: I'm on an iMac, and I've got a, a terabyte SSD, and I also have uh, 32 gigs of RAM in it. Yeah. Um, so this thing is, <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I was lucky that I had, had a chunk of money that had to be spent. And so I went out, and this thing was like 4800 bucks, And so now the new ones will come out, and I'm sure they'll be, you know, they'll probably give me a neck rub, so I'll have to get one. Um,
1: I wonder know. if they're going to call them iMac pros. That would be an interesting move. That would be. You know, have, a, have a pro level screen because they're also getting they're getting back into the monitor business. Apparently
0: 8K displays. Yep. I saw yeah. that. That'll be I really saw that. That's so have like a yeah.
1: super high end iMac uh, with a you know integrated display with, you know, like high end uh, features. And that probably would uh, would be good for most pros. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I think you know you get something like that
2: size you you should be editing video and things like that otherwise probably not a lot of need for it but right. just still yeah. very sweet. Right, right, right. <laughs> Maybe yeah. an AK monitor just like to be able to touch what's in there. It's like. Yeah. Well
0: and then they, then they came out with the, that new iPad, low, lower lower yeah. cost. Yeah. yeah. Um, yep. Um and um they're going to have all the rumor mills are saying they'll have a, a new iPad Pros coming out um uh, at the Worldwide Developers Conference in June. Um, and I thought this was interesting, ma- mainly because, you know, they're trying to sell bulk-based iPads. But um, two things. One was, I was over at Best Buy. I had about an hour that I had to kill before I had to meet meet uh, somebody for lunch. And so I, I thought, well, I could go back to my office and, you know, get there and do do a little work, turn right around and leave. Or I can just stop at this Best Buy that's right here and go poke around. So I did. And and two things. One was, because you have a Surface, don't you, Tim? You
1: uh, no, sold I sold surface? it. I, okay. s- I sold it. You sold it. I, really? am, I did.
0: Yeah, I, I'm upgrading. So. I'm deeply impressed with that sur- Surface. It is. It's very it's, it's very it's good. It's a very, very good product. That was the first thing. And the second thing was um, the um, Chromebooks. There was a Samsung Chromebook at Best Buy Um, and I, you know, there's a list where you can see which Chromebooks are going to be, uh, um, able to access the Google play store and run Android apps. And I thought, you know, if I can buy a three or $400 box that'll run Android apps, it's a game changer. It is a total game changer. I mean, I think that's. That's why
1: this article I thought was interesting. Uh, that you know, Apple is doubling down on the uh, the um, iPad, the traditional iPad, and they're lowering the price and all this to try to you know to remain to, to try to reverse the uh, the sales declines. Yeah, because you have all these alternatives. Right. You know, Microsoft has a really good. Uh, competitor. You've got Chromebooks out there. Samsung makes Android tablets that are, that are really actually pretty good. Yep. All of which are cheaper. So right. having them come out with a $329 um, uh, iPad is actually really, really a good idea. Right. I think it's going to help their sales uh, quite a bit. And the device itself, I, I I had a chance to to use one recently and it's, it's quite good. You know, well, it, it's not, the trade-off is not terrible. I mean, it's not an iPad Pro by any stretch, but, you know, if you just want an iPad for watching movies and doing web browsing and, you know, social media and stuff, it's perfectly fine. Yeah, exactly.
0: Well, well. and it's, um, you know, I got to tell you that when I bought my my iPad, um, the uh, iPad Pro, the 9.7 inch when it came out, Uh I I spent with tax and everything else was like 1100 and some dollars. Ouch. And so I'm not going to go buy another one. I mean, this thing is just awesome and it's perfect for what I do. But, you know, of course, the next one will be amazing and do 10 X what I do now, I'm sure. So, but, um, anyway, yeah. So I bought, I bought this one in uh, March of, um, of 2016. Okay mm Hmm. So but you're fine. It's not that old. Not, not at right. all. Yeah. So uh, any other, let's see. Apple. Well, I wanted to mention um the, the Wi-Fi so, bug. Yeah. So if you um you know Apple came out with uh, iOS three um um about two weeks ago. Yeah. And then they just came out with iOS three point one. Yes. And one of the primary reasons is is that there is a uh, Broadcom chipset for Wi-Fi that actually has a bug in it, and so Apple closed that bug, but Naked Security, which is a blog I follow at Sophos, um, the the antivirus company, um, talks about this in some detail, and it's not just a simple matter of, oh, I'll just do a quick patch and it's done. It's it's a little more complicated than that. If you're interested, you can read the article. But in essence, there are a lot of other devices that are uh, susceptible to this Wi-Fi bug, which allows somebody within range of your device to uh, have root access and take it over. And so if you have non-IOS tablets or phones or, or uh, uh, even some uh, cheaper laptops that have this wi-fi chipset in it uh just be aware so yep yep we are aware okay we're we are now aware get get yourself fixed will you
1: yeah all
0: right, right so this goes back last week but um tim berners lee the guy that invented the worldwide web essentially won the computing's version of the nobel prize what? I thought World. Al Gore inv- invented the World Wide Web. No, uh, sorry. Just the Internet. Just oh. the Internet. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, just the Internet. Yeah, okay. yeah which he yep. actually didn't for anyone listening. Right. But yes. um, but yeah, he was, you know, he got a knighthood in uh, 2003. So he's Sir Tim Berners-Lee. Ooh, hello. Which, what does that actually get you? I don't know. A great parking spot? Maybe. It probably
1: gets a good uh, uh, seat at a restaurant, you know. That could be. You know, yeah, there's some perks. I'm sure there's perks. <laughs> yeah, you get yeah. to fill out you get to fill out that uh, the little drop
2: down menu from you know the Mister, Miss, Ms. You get to check check Sir, Sir. That's <laughs> right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So and that's th- a good deal. So congratulations to him to the, the winning the Touring Award. So it comes with a million dollar prize, courtesy yeah. of Google. So. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So I haven't done, a, yeah, I haven't done a lot of, um, um, I, I kind of backed off Twitter a little bit and then sometimes I'll, I'll log in and uh, through, or I'll open up the app on my, on my phone and I'll just scroll through and there's some good stuff in, in Twitter. I mean, there really is there's but, the bad um, stuff in Twitter too. Yeah. So. And, but sometimes it is a little laborious and it's, and, uh, it's bloated. Let's just say it's a mite bloated. So do you think that's why Twitter came out with Twitter Lite. Yeah, I like this
1: idea because when I uh, joined Twitter over ten years ago, now uh, I didn't use. You know, there were there were no apps right in, the, in that right in that time. So there,
0: you're using a browser. Uh,
1: I was using SMS, which you can still use. I thought that they okay. discontinued it, but no, they still have it. But I, I had a uh, like a uh, not a BlackBerry, but like a BlackBerry, a feature phone that had a keyboard on it. And it was, you know, SMS centric. I did have a browser, but only 2G uh, data. So I use Twitter via SMS. And uh, it's good to see them use, you know, getting their, their mobile site to be like this for people yeah, in the, yeah. the developing world where they don't have three G or four G or five G connections. Right. Much much more stripped down, yeah. yeah. So yeah,
2: and I that's think that's a good idea. That's the purpose is to really they're always trying to figure out ways to get more users thereby getting, you know, yeah. hopefully more revenue. So if they can expand and get users in, like said, developing countries with with less than exciting mobile and data setups, then this is this is a good idea. I don't
0: know if it's enough to save Twitter, but
1: uh, No, I think they're still doomed, but it's good to see they still have some good ideas left. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Well, Phil, so. Phil, um, you know, at BuzzFeed, do you um, when you guys are looking at mobile apps, are you also looking at the mobile experience in a browser? Oh, sure. I mean, do you? Oh, I, no, yeah. I mean your group. Do you guys do that?
2: Yeah, okay. yeah. We still have a, We still have a, a mobile version. So, yeah, of our, yeah, of yeah, our browser. So, yeah, yes, definitely. Uh, again, you're trying to make good, a great experience for whoever and however they connect. So, got it. You know, we're all about sharing. So you've got to be able to share from anywhere. So, yeah, uh, listen, I guys I stuck I stuck this in here at the last minute. I don't know if you've had a chance to take a look at it. I, I caught this uh, um, story the other day, but uh, you, uh, you us especially our generation very familiar with Spinal Tap, and I think it's become a
0: cult classic that many are very, very familiar with. This Spinal Tap. is Spinal it Tap. Is. Yeah, it's a Rob this Reiner movie. And, classic. Uh, it is a classic. Yeah. I'm looking for the four
1: hour cut. There was apparently a four hour cut of the movie. Oh really? No oh, really? Yeah, yeah. That uh, apparently is is quite that interesting.
2: That would have been that would have been a lot of fun. But um, Harry Shearer of Spinal Tap is has has started a a lawsuit uh, to recover um, what he feels is money. They've never been compensated for, Uh, according to uh, the movie industry. uh, And and Harry Shearer, he said that the movie industry claims uh, uh, Spinal Tap has lost, actually lost money, but it's actually made a lot of money. He filed a lawsuit for one hundred twenty five million. And since the uh, since that time, uh, the other members of the Spinal Tap crew, which uh, uh, are, you know, people like Rob, uh, Rob Reiner and Michael McKean
0: uh, and uh, Michael
2: McKean um, and, and Christopher Gass, Guest. Christopher Guest. Yeah. Uh, that's now up to about 400 million. Uh, and oh, wow. they're really going after the the industries. And this could very much change uh, how artists are compensated, you know, as, as this as this uh, continues through the court system, um, artists and and uh you know people that aren't necessarily uh recognized you know it's not uh you know a lot of times the writers and the producers will get credit for things but not the guy that runs the camera or the guy that plays the backup bass or something like that so i think this will this will have a lasting impact again it kind of goes back uh we've talked about the 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 record industry the music industry and, and how they're compensating folks but uh, this is uh, something to watch because well, i think yep and also- app has has made millions
1: and millions and they really haven't gotten no they've made less than two hundred dollars uh, uh you know a, a person in in rights
0: yeah. well and they always talk right. about they always talk about hollywood accounting Right. And there were, no. there were a couple of it's things out of this article
2: kind of accounting. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and th- th- there's a couple of things that I pulled out of this article that I just sort of hit me was, was, um, you know, it's Hollywood accounting isn't just confined to California, the European film and television industry, yeah. which generated 122 billion euros in 2013, saw less than one third of 1% shared with the writers and directors of the works. And then the other one I thought was pretty amazing was uh, the well-known science fiction flop of a film, *Return of the Jedi*, has, appa- yes. has apparently never gone into profit despite right. earning almost five hundred million worldwide. <laughs> no, and a- Harry, *Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix* apparently lost almost one hundred and seventy oh. million. Uh huh. It's like mm. ugh, cocaine's not that expensive. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens because it's, uh, you know, there's there's there's, you know, the movie industry is a, it's a tough, tough, tough business. um And um unless you're, uh, you know, one of the big studios or a producer. Yes. Right. Right. It's a very tough business. Oh, man. <laughs> so well, let's, let's segue into our cool thing of the week, guys. It's cool thing of the week time. And I'm going to save mine for last. All so. right.
1: Tim. Well, mine is uh, it's a Kickstarter. Uh, It's called Penna and it's a Bluetooth keyboard, but it's a retro Bluetooth keyboard. You have to really see it to believe it. And the uh, the video shows one that looks like a royal typewriter, basically (laughs) complete with the return bar, which is used to store macros. Um, And it's (laughs) it's a super uber uh, hipster. Uh, keyboard oh, yeah. they started at 199 but to get a really good one you probably you're, you're closer to 200 bucks um that's fun but yeah. it's still a fun it's a fun thing and they yeah. come in different colors and if you're a super uber hipster that wants something for your ipad that's uh that's nice and it looks like it's a pretty well-built product from the videos uh this may be the keyboard for you it looks like it weighs a ton though yeah <laughs> huh. so it may not be super portable
2: yeah, that's really interesting.
1: So, oh. but for writing your book in your cabin I somewhere, it, I think it would be great. It would be yeah. it would be nice, and it runs on AA batteries. So you know, uh, you can keep Very it nice. juiced uh, without uh, without having a power source. So you can go off the grid if you want. With the, yeah. it, it yeah. comes in five color choices. You get your matte black, your pure white, your baby pink. All, I like the wood. The wood for red, wood. Now. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. The wood is really nice. It's very nice, and it looks like it has a nice case you can get too. So you, yeah, leather leather case leather. sold
1: separately. Sold
2: separately. Wow. So this is Kickstarter, and
1: where is it at? And yeah. it's uh they're way over their way goal. over their goal. So yeah. so this will get funded. It looks like a real product. Well, we'll see. It's coming out in August. Yeah, it's Pena,
0: and I may get one at some point. Yeah, you never they're, know. They're more it's than fun. well, more than double their their ask. So that's yeah. pretty great. Yeah, so it'll it'll
2: maybe get produced, maybe get shipped, kind of like maybe, kind of yeah. like we'll our, uh, our our camera thing that we're waiting on. Steve, have you gotten yours yet? You-
0: no, it's going to ship in June. the The Steadicam uh, for, for the phones. Yeah. What about no, your no, microphone? Not, that, not the, mic- your the microphone. microphone. Oh, oh right the microphone. Right right microphone Insta mic. No, I haven't gotten mine yet. Yeah. The well, guy keeps sending out shipping. these emails. Oh boy, this happened. This happened. And this is It's like, hey, we're, we're just ramp the damn thing, will you? <laughs> God Almighty. <laughs> Anyway, all right, all right, Steve, Steve. well, mine is so I, I'm walking around Costco and um then here's this display Lexar and it's this little teeny solid state drive, this little SSD and it's yeah. 512 gigs and wow. normally those are 200 to 230 somewhere in that range. This is 124.99. I was wow. like, holy crap. And so, That'd
1: be a good deal just to break it out of the case and stick it into your to your iMac.
0: Well, it's, it's, one, it's an you know? external. It's an external. I know, but you could always break it out of the case
1: and stick it in.
0: Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, so anyway, so I bought the thing and and Michelle, my wife, she looks at me and she goes, seriously, what, what do you need another drive for? And I go, well, so it's all about speed and backup and all that. So I bring it home and I, and I uh, configure it and I do some tests. And then I show it to her and she's like, oh my God, I want one. So I go back to the store the next day and they're out of stock. Well, the Costco and Eden Prairie actually has more in stock now. They're right up in the front. They put them in the front. And um, so they're doing really, really well. But here's the kicker. I ended up doing a, a post about it because I literally couldn't find anything on the web except at cheesy merchants at eBay for this exact SSD drives. So it was very clear to me that they're doing a a limited store test. I actually tweeted to their Twitter account, Lexar Memory, and uh, they said, yeah, we've only released a limited number onto the market. Please contact tech support for more info. So I did. They said, yeah, we're only in a limited number of stores as well. And so I anticipate they're going to roll this out, especially because Western Digital just announced a tiny SSD. D drive in three capacities, 256, 512 and one terabyte. Um, and you know, the, the Samsung ones have been the only games in town and they are expensive. I mean, they're at the top of the top of the line. So this is really, really great. I mean, I'd buy two of these, uh, uh, you know, for 250 before I'd buy a one terabyte for 400 bucks mm-hmm. from a Samsung mm-hmm. or somebody, but, uh, yeah, so that's my cool thing.
2: So so what what would you use this for? What are you using 512 for?
0: Well, so th- there's oftentimes because my internal drive is 256 gigs in my MacBook Pro. Uh-huh. And so I keep my iTunes library and I keep my photo library out on an external drive. Gotcha. You know, it's that it's that's Seagate 1 terabyte with a spinning Winchester in there. Um so that's the first thing and the second thing is I put Ubuntu Linux on it and and set it up for booting um and i can i partitioned it and i can i can boot from it and it's almost i mean it feels just as fast as if it was booting from the internal hard drive so that's that was a bonus cool so yeah okay. all right how about you phil well, i actually have two cool things of the week
2: that i want to share uh and <laughs> they are um uh, one is uh, Tim Elliott and the other is uh, Steve Borsch. Uh, Thank you, Phil. Two guys that uh, I wanted to point out are the coolest things that I know of. Uh, and uh, I've linked you to their uh, uh, their LinkedIn uh, on the website. So if you want to take a look at that. But, what a guy. Uh, team, Tim and Steve are uh, the two guys that uh, that are responsible for making Minivate um, uh, the Minivate podcast happened every single week. I get to ride along on their coattails. So I just wanted to share that. I think these guys are two of the coolest and you should always stay in touch with them and follow them and see what they're up to.
1: Thanks, man. Wow. Well, yeah, thanks.
2: Mind, Bill. You're welcome. Ditto. Uh, you're welcome. Ditto.
0: And that's actually a good segue <laughs> into what we alluded to at the beginning of the show, which was this announcement, which after nearly nine years, today's our 400th show and our last podcast that's right we have decided to take back our saturday mornings <laughs> well you know we're all we all have so much stuff going on and the only way to really uh uh pursue new opportunities and move in new directions is to to leave something behind um and you know this is just a, it's a fairly robust time commitment each week and um and so we're gonna head down the dusty trail and ride off into the sunset, uh, with, uh, the, the podcast, it's going to stay here, uh, archived on our website. Uh, Yay! and, um, so, so it'll all we, you, you, the great thing is by tomorrow, it'll we'll all be out of date. <laughs> yeah. Well, we did our first blog post on Minivate. Yes. On February 17th of 2008. Yes. And we did our first podcast. Yeah. Then some, June 22nd some said, Hey, we ought to do a podcast. So, yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, that was yeah. June 22nd. Yep. It was quite, quite a, quite an adventure. So that was, um, yeah, we started it right, you know, during the, the trough of the crash. Yes. And the crash happened. And, uh, so for us to start that and, and now almost nine years later, we're still going strong. It's, uh, well, we were cool. going strong. We have decided not to go strong anymore. That's correct. But,
2: and uh, but I, you know, I should point out that uh, the Minivate Gang podcast has always been a labor of love. We've uh, been doing it uh, low these many years. Uh, I think we made a little bit of money early on, Steve. I think there was a sponsor of some sort yeah. early on, or an yeah. endorsement of some sort early on. But we've never really made any money. We've never sought out sponsors. We've never. No gone to the, 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 through the process of trying to, uh, generate revenue for this call us crazy, but it is, it's been a labor of love. It's been one of those things that we, we like to get together every week. We like to talk. We like to reflect a little bit on what's going on in the world of technology and innovation here in Minnesota. Uh, and we were, I think we were the first ones to do it. Um, but by no means are we uh, alone in that space now. I think there are there are some great opportunities for you to learn about what's happening in Minnesota Tech around the web. Uh, and it's really uh, and again, mainstreamed. It's very mainstream. And I think that it's been it's and it just it does give us a chance to talk a little bit about what's going on and for us as three friends to stick together and and, uh, stay connected in in the space. So I consider it a uh, very much an honor to be working with uh, two great friends and mentors. And uh, I appreciate it. I'm not going to let you guys get away from me, though. So
0: no, well, we better not. We got (laughs) to stick. we got to stay together. Tim. All right.
1: Yep. Any words to say? Well, as thanks we, to Steve uh, for coming up with the idea and the uh, you know the really the the force behind it and very much so the force. We've behind been talking it. about you know the this moment for a while now, so it wasn't it wasn't a recent decision, and uh, we you know. We, we're, we're happy that we're able to finish on a 400th show here. Yes. And, uh, you know, there are others out there. When we started this, there were there was no yeah. one talking about Minnesota technology. No. Right. And now there's other people out there. So if you like this thing, there are other outlets you can turn to. Yeah. This has been a great nine years. Um, and I'm looking forward to wow. actually getting back to my uh, my roots and uh, restarting my wine podcast again. So that's, that's what I'm, how I'm going to spend my. Oh, that's good. Good, good. My time that I have spent on Minovate over the the next thing, I've got a new concept for it, so we're going to start that next week. Fabulous. very nice. So stay tuned, Winecast.net. Yeah. will we we'll Come back, yes, Winecast.net. I love that. Quick, get another.
2: Can you get Winecast.com? Is that possible?
1: no, no, no? Well, I could have, but uh, the guy wanted too much, and he sold it to some Dutch uh, a Dutch wine shop. Oh, okay. Basically, operates a wine shop called Winecast. Uh-huh. Okay. So. Well, there you go. Well, I, I think that'll be
2: great. I know Steve, you have plans for other things. Hopefully, uh, you know you've at least batted around some ideas. I've got some plans in the hopper. Hopefully, that will allow me to
0: keep doing things. But we'll see what happens. So keep it, keep it, uh, keep an ear out. Absolutely. So. And for everyone listening, thank you so much right. for your support. And for yes, we'd like to thank and- that guy. Thank you very much. He's been great. <laughs> <laughs>
2: all right. And we should thank all the people that help, uh, you know, help us start it, help us keep it going. Yeah. And I it, it really I don't think we can uh, really uh, under uh, or over. uh Uh, You know what I'm saying is that Steve is uh, overemphasized that Steve is really very much the guiding force in this, Uh, not to mention the creative genius behind
0: all of the uh, Photoshop uh, wizardry. (laughs) (laughs) That's one thing I'm really going to miss is, boy, putting you you guys' face on stuff is just it's been it's made every Saturday morning for me.
2: Yep. So thanks to our listeners. Thanks very much to, uh, to all of our uh, hosts, uh, Julio yeah. Hattie, to Graham thickens and everybody that has joined us in Garrick past- van
1: Buren. Remember yeah. him? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
2: First uh, podcast, all of our guests. And, uh, well, thank you very much. And we'll see you, of course, around the, uh, the, uh, Minovate community around absolutely. the innovation community here in Minneapolis in Minnesota. So yeah, we're not dropping off the planet. It's we'll still be around. You will, you'll still have us to kick around. Uh, and uh, I'm sure there'll be a lot of things going on, but we will not talk
0: about it on The Ending Minivite Gang Podcast. Take care. So long. Thank on. you Bye. very much. And thank you all the fish.